Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's worship him across the house in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah for what you have done. But we know, Lord, that you are still at work, God. And we thank you for that. We praise your name. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? I don't know about you, but there's no place that I'd rather be than in the house of God. If you're not fun having fun serving God, something is wrong. Hallelujah. It is the greatest thing that ever hit planet Earth. Amen. And I get a witness this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Give honor to Pastor, my man of God. Thank him for allowing me to be here. I highly honor this, this uh, duty today. Amen. Of preaching the word of God and releasing what God has given me today. I give honor to Pastor Mark and his family as well. And thank him for allowing me to be here as well. Amen. Hallelujah. It's awesome to have a good pastor. I want to say welcome to a special friend of mine before I get started. His name is Brother Robert Garza. He came all the way from Northern California. I want to thank him for being with me. He is a man of God. He is an elder in my life. Thank you, Pastor, for letting me introduce him. Hallelujah. I appreciate that. He's, a good, he's got a great family, and God bless him today. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the word of the Lord? Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles... Let's turn to the book of Genesis 37, verses 13 and 14. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Genesis 37, 13, 14. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed in the flock of Chechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here I am. Verse 14. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, and see whether it be well with thy brethren, and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. He was supposed to come back and bring his father word again. Let's bow our heads across the building. Lord, we love you. I pray that you would release virtue from heaven, anointing from above God, never for my sake, but for the sake of the sinner, the listener, and the crowd, God. Bless your name. We pray that your will would be done. Bless each family that's here. Thank you for what you have done. We pray, God, that you would begin to deal with hearts and change lives today. Amen. In the name of Jesus, you might you may be seated. Hallelujah. Buried alive. Hallelujah. My title today is Don't Bury Me, I'm Still Alive. Hallelujah. Don't Bury Me, I'm Still Alive. It was 1988, an Armenian earthquake killed 40,000 people. In the chaos, one man made his way to his son's schoolyard, only to find nothing but rubble. Other parents had stumbled, stumbled around dazed and weeping and calling out their children's names. But the father ran to the back corner of the building where his son's classroom once was. And he began to dig. To everyone else, it seemed hopeless. How could his son have survived? But his father had promised that he would always be there for his boy. So he heaved rocks and he began to dig, calling out his son's name 
Armand, Armand, are you there? Bystanders tried to pull him off the rubble, but it was too late. They said, they're dead. There is nothing you can do. They are dead. The fire chief came, tried to pull him away, saying fires and explosions are happening everywhere. Go home. You are in danger. But he continued to dig. The police came and said, sir, you're in shock. You're endangering others. Please go home. Let the authorities handle it. But he continued to dig. Eight hours went by, and he was still digging. Twelve hours went by, and he was still digging. Twenty-four hours went by, and the father was still digging. Thirty-six hours went by, and he was still searching and digging for his son. In the 38th hour of digging, a day and a half after everyone had told him to give up hope, he called his son's name once again. He pulled back a large rock, and he heard his son's voice. Armand, he said, is that you? And from under the rocks came a voice and said, Dad, I told them, I told the other kids that if you had survived the earthquake, that you would come and save us. Can I get an amen this morning? <laughs> Hallelujah. The father helped his son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. From under the rocks, he said, you're still alive and you saved me, Dad. I told them you were coming. The father helped his son and 13 other children climb out of that rubble. Hallelujah. When the building had collapsed, the children had survived in a tent-like pocket. And the father carried that boy to his mother. Hallelujah. On his way home. And the question that the people asked the man. He said, he said, why did you keep digging? He said, because I made a promise to that boy, to my son, that no matter what happens, that I will always be there for you. Can I get an amen this morning? Hallelujah. I'm here to tell somebody, if you feel like you're buried and you're still alive, that someone is on the way. I have a word from God that he is on the way. He says, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Hallelujah. You are my child and I'm coming. Hallelujah. Don't bury me. I'm still alive. I heard that phrase during this last couple of weeks as I was preparing. And I said, wow, what a message. Hallelujah. Don't put me underground yet. My revival is still coming. My miracle is on its way. My healing is on its way. I want us to absorb this message. I want us to take it into your minds and remember it. That you're still alive. When they try to bury you, you tell them, don't bury me. I'm still alive, devil. Get off of my family. Get off of my marriage and get out of my home. As Jesus said that he was as close as the mention of his name. Hallelujah. 
Our God says that he'd never leave us or forsake us. You can bank on words that come out of this book. Hallelujah. You can bank on words that come out of this precious word. Hallelujah. You can take this to the bank and the check's going to be good. You can count on one thing. You may not be able to count on your job, but you can count on the word of God. There's people you can't count on, but you can count on the word of God. Hallelujah. It was just a normal day in Joseph's life. His father had asked him to go and check on your brethren and check to make sure that the flock was watered. He told them, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the flocks. And I want you to bring, bring me word again. There was something about Joseph. He kept doing what his father asked him to do. He was the youngest of his brothers, so I'm imagining that he probably did all the little chores. There is a gift, and there is a special gift to those that continue. Come on, hear me. I'm preaching now. That continue to do what you are asked to do. As we go into revival and we launch into this move of God, we have to stay focused and remember we have to be diligent in the little things that, that we are doing here at the church and in your home. We have to be diligent. It's important that we obey and that we are consistent because it was there that Joseph got a calling, hallelujah, in his life. And he said, go, I want you to check on your brethren. He was supposed to return that day, but he never showed up. The Bible says that Joseph was lost, and he was confused, and he had no direction. He could not find his brethren. He searched here, and he searched there, and he searched for the flock, and he was tired, but he could not find his brethren. Hallelujah. He, was, he needed direction in his life. It was confusion had overwhelmed him, and it was there that God sent a man, a man of God, a seer of the Lord, and he told him where his brethren was. It is at that point, come on, hear me. I'm going to preach right here, right to you. I'm going to come right down to your doorstep today. We're confused, disoriented. We have questions. How did I get here? What happened to my marriage? Why so fast? Where are my children? Come on, somebody. It is at that place that God can take you into the next realm of your ministry and of your revival in your life. It is there when you are broken, when God can say, hey, I can come out. Now I got their attention. <laughs> Hallelujah. He met that man. And that man gave him the direction. And it was there that his obedience paid off. Come on, I'm going back to obedience because it's very important. This is the last portion of the message that God gave me. Was that because Joseph obeyed his father in the little things, I chose to launch his ministry that day. And he met that man. And it was there in verse 15 says that a certain man found him. And behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren 
tell me, I pray, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, they are departed hence, for I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. And Jacob went after his brethren, and he found them in Dothan. He was disoriented, confused, with no direction, but he was launched. It was at that point God chose to launch him into his ministry, to launch him into what God had called him to do. The dreams didn't take him too far. As he spoke to him at the dinner table, it did, they shut him down. His own father shut him down. But it was obedience to the man of God and obedience to his, his uh, uh, father of the daily, the little duties that he had to do in his life that launched him into his destiny. Can I get an amen this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. What happened to my kids? What happened to my job? My relationship with God is suffering. What happened? How so fast can things go wrong in my life? Hallelujah. It was his obedience to the daily things. In our walk with God, it's not always going to be perfect. You're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. But if you can get this revelation today about obeying the man of God and obeying the things of God, obeying the word of God in your daily life, the promise will come. Don't bury me. I'm still alive. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God does his greatest work. Hallelujah, when we are broken. It's a place where you, know, you are no longer depending on what you know. You're not depending on the daily news. You're now depending on the word of God and the man of God. You're depending on that. And when you depend on the man and the word of God, that's when God recognizes it and says, hey, they're diligent, they're obedient. Obedience is better than sacrifice, and they're obedient to the man of God. They're obedient to my word. I'm going to bring the miracle. I'm going to launch him into a ministry where he'll never turn back. Amen, amen, amen. A place of brokenness. It is a place, a special place with God. Sometimes we think, oh, this, these heartaches and this brokenness is killing me. But it is just God trying to get your attention and to tell you, hey, I got you where I want you. I got you there for a reason. Can I get an amen this morning? Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. But it's a special place. Psalms 51 says, and behold, thou desirest truth in your inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean wash me and I shall be whiter than snow make me hear joy with gladness hide thy face from my sins and blot out mine iniquities that the bones I'm going back that the bones which thou hast broken Hallelujah. God is taking people and he's beginning to break you. Hallelujah. Why? Because he is the master craftsman. He is taking that chisel and that hammer and things are happening in your life and they're hurting. And all along, it's that chisel 
that God has, and he's hitting it, and he's making you into something beautiful. Can I get an amen today? Hallelujah. Amen. I am glad I serve a God that is alive. Hallelujah. You know, probably about 40 years now, my sister got invited to a Sunday school. It was a contest. She had to bring her family. I told this story here, but it's for somebody. She came. She brought her family. My, my mom and dad received the gift of the Holy Ghost and changed our generation. It just changed everything. Hallelujah. But I never had doubt that it was not an act of God. I never had doubt that it wasn't God. And I never had doubt that we, were in, we stumbled into the wrong place. I know we are in the truth. Because what we preach is in the book. Hallelujah. You don't need to be searching elsewhere. Oh, Lord. I'm preaching now. You don't need to be searching elsewhere. This is a Bible preaching, Bible believing. Hallelujah. God fearing church. The search is over, my friend. You found it. Come on. We don't need to be getting online trying to find a place to go. I don't know why I'm saying this. I promise you it is not in my notes. But I'm telling you, I never had doubt. 40 years, I never had doubt. Hallelujah. And I know I don't look a day past 40. Hallelujah. But you're in the right place. We don't need to be calling up this and calling up that. Hey, you know, I need a word from the Lord. You know, if your word, your man of God doesn't preach this, believe in this, you're wasting your time, and you're putting your family at jeopardy. Hallelujah. But Joseph, he, he trusted a man he didn't know. Hallelujah. What do we have to do to get into this revival, Pastor? To get past the next step. Hallelujah. To be ready for these men of God that have been handpicked by our man of God to re release revival in this place. What is it in our lives that we need to release our, come on. I didn't know you were going to say this today. But we need to release ourselves to these men that are coming. As Joseph released himself to a man he never knew. For direction. Come on, I'm preaching now. For direction because he was disoriented. He was confused. And he knew not where to go. I had no clue the words that were going to come out of my pastor's mouth about trusting these men that are coming and releasing full authority unto them hallelujah when i wrote these words hallelujah he trusted someone he never even shook hands with he had to leave listen to this his father and his mother we have to get out of our comfort zone we cannot remain in the pit where we're at we can't remain in the rut where we're at. We cannot stay there. We have to pull ourselves up. Why? Because the enemy thinks we're dead, but we are not. Don't bury me, devil. I am alive and well. Hallelujah. You know what I see in this church? I see revival. And there ain't nobody going to stop it. God gave us a promise, and no one's going to stop it. I don't care what kind of attitude you have. You will not stop it. Hallelujah. I've already seen growth here. In five years that I've been here, we've seen growth here. We've already seen a touch, a touch of what God is going to do here. 
But if we will stay consistent, come on, I'm going to preach right here. And we are faithful in the little things. What does that mean? Oh, I'm on the usher staff? Okay. Where are you going? I'm on the usher staff. Again? Hallelujah. Yes. Why? Because i got to stay faithful in the little things because what God has planned for our church is a big plan. It's God's plan. It's greater than our desires. It's greater than our ambitions. It is the plan of the Almighty God. So we got to stay faithful. Hallelujah. You going to preach again? Yeah. I'm going to preach. I got called to preach. When he says go, I go. When he says no, I know. Hallelujah. (laughs) Can I be myself here this morning? It doesn't work with my ambitions. It only works because the anointing flows through him. That's it. Hallelujah. So don't try it. Let it go. (laughs) You're going to lose. Trust me. You're going to lose. Hallelujah. Where am I at? But don't bury us. Devil, you're a liar. Hallelujah. We have a revival here. And the enemy thinks he has us cornered. Oh, they lost a few people. Oh, yeah, but we gained a lot of people. There's a lot of new faces in this church, and I love it. If I don't know your name, I apologize, but I will go and meet you. But I'm telling you, to see new faces in this church brings joy to my heart and tells me that God is doing something in our church. Hallelujah. If I don't know you, that's a good thing. If we don't know your name, that's a good thing. But we will meet you, and we love you, and you belong here. So stop searching. I don't know who that's for. But it is in this place where God can take us into that revival, into that promise that he promised us, that it bring it forth into fruition. Hallelujah. It was Moses as he, he was running. He had killed an Egyptian because uh, he, they were whipping uh, the people of God. And, and he saw that and he went and he murdered an Egyptian. But it was there that he began to run. And when he ran and he got out of his His comfort zone. He got out of his comfort zone. He got out of his environment and he began to run. He thought he was running for his life. But in reality, he was running to his destiny. Come on. If you're a tweeter, tweet it. Hallelujah. See, the problem is we think that we're running for something we did. When all along God had that chisel out. And he's hitting it. And we're all like, okay, I got to run from this, man. I got to run. I don't want to be anywhere around this. And really, God is pushing you as an eagle is pushing that eaglet out of the nest when it's time to fly. Hallelujah. It's time for us to fly, church. What does that mean? That means that we're a revival church. You know what that means? You're going to have to give up your seat. I've been sitting here 10 years. Give up your seat. Can't get offended. God won't send revival to an unhealthy church. Come on. We've got to get our attitudes in check. Oh, Lord. I've got to get my attitude in check, too. Glory to God. But John, he was taken to the Isle of Patmos, running. And they took him. And it was a sentence of, of imprisonment. And they put him on that island. And it was there 
that God began to use him and reveal the book of Revelation unto him. And he began to write. It is a place where we think not that God shows up and begins to do things in our lives and in our church that we would never thought would have, he had done it at that time. But it is at those times when we are broken and when we are running that God says, all right, now they depend on me. And now I can do what I got planned for this church. Because I can't do it if they have their own agenda. I can't do it against their own will. Hallelujah. He's got to do it as we are united as one. Hallelujah. Don't bury us, devil. We're still alive. Hallelujah. David was in the sheep field. He had came out and he had gotten anointed. The prophet anointed him king. But he still had to be diligent. Come on, hear me now. In the little things. He went back to the sheep field and he stayed doing what his father had asked him to do. It is important as we launch into this revival that we are consistent and faithful and continue to do what God has asked us to do. If you want revival, learn to obey. If you want revival, learn to give. If you want revival, learn to sacrifice. Because revival is not for everybody. Hallelujah. I'm trying to be nice. The Bible says that there was a man. He was robbed and he was left for dead. And there came a man, a good Samaritan, to help him. And Jesus answering said, a certain man went down to Jerusalem, to Jericho. And he fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him. And departed, leaving him half dead. The mistake the devil made is he left him alive. Because one showed up and began to fix him up. Come on, come on. Come on, I'm preaching to you right now, sister, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God took her husband right out of the hospital. He, Sister Morales, God took her husband. He was sick. He called me. He texted me. He said, I can't breathe. You need to pray. So I got down on my face, and I began to pray, and I began to fast. Yesterday, he called me and said, the Lord revealed some things unto me. Hallelujah. And he was driving home from the hospital. God did a miracle in his life God is setting us up for revival hallelujah but this good Samaritan came he showed up and he fixed him up hallelujah you may be going through life and I don't have too much more hallelujah you may be going through life and things may be tough and all the doors that you have tried have been locked come on I'm preaching now Try this door. Locked. This door. Locked. This door. Locked. You know what they say? Not all open doors are is your door. Hallelujah. Well, I got an offer to do that. Hey, 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 if it doesn't come right through him, don't entertain the thought. I've had ministers, and I thought they, they, they gave me little, little hints. I said, call my pastor. You want me back? Call my pastor. 
little hints at, you know, like, oh, I would sure like to have you back next week. I said, you call my pastor. He did, they don't ask me. They, they know, that, and they even tell me, listen, I know that I have to call your pastor. They know that. Why? Because I set a standard from the beginning. If you play around and you compromise, you're going to lose. But if you set it straight and set a standard, they, under, they understand that, hey, we don't do things on our own. It comes from the man of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And Jesus, he took that Samaritan, or, or the good Samaritan took him, and he, he, he bandaged him up. He paid for his lodging. He paid uh, for his uh, 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 medical care. Hallelujah. Jesus is paying for everything that is happening to you. Hallelujah. I want to close with this thought as I read the story of John Mark. And it came to my mind, and I thought, okay, God, I, I don't know what it has to do with the message, but I will study it. And so I begin to research John Mark, and in Acts chapter 12, he is asked to start in the ministry. Uh, and it says, the word of God grew, and it multiplied. And Barnabas uh, and Saul returned from Jerusalem. When they had fulfilled their ministry, they took with them John Mark, whose surname, or, or John, whose surname was Mark. They took them in Acts chapter 12. In Acts chapter 15, some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord, and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought it was not good to take him with them. He departed from them, from Pamphylia, and went not with them to the work. And the contention, hear this, church, the contention was so sharp Paul was adamant that John Mark was not the man. As I read this, I thought the enemy is telling us that it's not you. That God may have called you, but there must have been some mistake. It's not you that is going to be used of God. It's not you that's going to be an usher in the house of the Lord. It's not you that's going to sing on this platform. It's not you. The enemy has gotten into our ear and begin to lie. I'm here to tell somebody that the enemy is a liar. Don't bury me yet because I'm still alive. Don't bury me in the ground because I'm still alive. Can I get an amen this morning? Hallelujah. So I thought, well, what did John Mark do? What happened? Well, we all know that he had a praying mom because that's where Peter went after the angel of the Lord released him from heaven. He had a praying mom named Mary, and he went there. So I believe that John Mark went back. I didn't find it here, but I believe he went back and he submitted and obeyed and did the little things that he was called to do. 
Because in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul is writing. He said, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. And he begins to write more. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Not everybody's going to make it. Hallelujah. Thessalonica, Cretans, Galatia, Titus, Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. This is Paul writing. He says, but I want you to go grab an old friend. Go find John Mark again. Hallelujah. Go find him again. Because he has brought, God has brought him into my mind. And I'm paraphrasing. And he began to search for John Mark again as he was obeying the word of God, the man of God, and those that had rule over him. It caught the attention of God. And he sent the thoughts to Paul. On, when Paul was on his dying bed, he said, I want you to go find somebody that used to be with us. He says, I want you to take Mark and bring him with me. For he is profitable to me for the ministry. God is looking for you, John. Where are you today? At one point, I had a calling for this, Brother Chavez. Wasn't your time. Where are you this morning, John Mark? God is searching for someone who was called and never showed up. Today is another calling for you. He gave me this message for you. I'm going to ask you again, where are you, John? It's time to come back. It's time to come back. It's time to come back. What are we going to do? There's a lot going on. I'm disoriented and confused. You got a word from the Lord. You got direction this morning. You need to come back. While I was, I used to enjoy being an usher. Come back. Come back, John. Come on, buddy. You can make it. I love you, church. This is my church. I don't have a side church. This is the man that took me in five years ago when I was broken. This is my church, and I'm not going to let revival slip from us. When he asked me to preach, I'm going to preach his heart, and I'm going to preach his burden. I've already committed to that. It may not be a popular message, but God is searching for you this morning, John. Where did you go? For he is profitable for the ministry. You are important to God. You are the, I don't know who I'm talking to, but you are a part of this church. You don't need to look elsewhere. You are important to God because God wouldn't have gave me this message for you. This ain't something I heard on the radio. 
God gave me this for you. Come on, John, come back. What are you doing? You're walking into your destiny. Joseph, where are you going? I don't even know. But I know that I got to obey. Hallelujah. But I don't have anywhere to go. And I can't figure it out. I have a man I text. Or I call. Because I know the spiritual part of a pastor. And the connection he has with God. I know that. Usually he, come on, Chavez, you can make it. Hallelujah. But we know who to call. God has anointed this man of God to be our pastor. What do we got to do? Be diligent in the little things. God is searching for John Mark today. It may not have worked out the first time. But God has released revival. And when he releases revival, he releases gifts. And he releases promises. Hallelujah. If you need the Holy Ghost, God has a gift for you this morning. If you don't have anywhere to go and you have reached a roadblock in your life and you're disoriented and confused and you're wandering in the field, God has a word for you here today. He has the answer here today. In the name of Jesus. Church, this is big, this is huge. And we can't mess it up. We can't. When he asks for giving, I gotta, I gotta help whatever I can. Because this is God's plan. This is the end time revival that he, he spoke about in the word of God. It started here. And it started elsewhere. But God has chosen our church to be a, one of the fires of revival. But we're gonna have to be diligent in the little things. Hallelujah. If you're asking your questions in your marriage, what happened? Why? You're, you're wandering in a field. And God has a plan. Hallelujah. Can we all stand today? Let's raise our hands across the building. Lord, I released what you wanted me to release under the authority of the man of God in you, Lord. I want to thank you, God, for what you have done. I have done my part, God. I ask, God, that you would get into hearts today. Get into minds today, God, that the enemy has been beaten for weeks. And begin to heal brokenness. And begin to heal minds. Begin to heal depression, oppression, hallelujah, discontented and in debt, God. Begin to do miracles. Begin to do healings in bodies. Go into places and to work, God, where no man can work. In the name of Jesus, release miracles today. Release the gifts of the Spirit and release the promises that you have promised to your people. These altars are open, church. Come on. Come on. We ought to have a, a prayer meeting this morning and absorb what God has spoken today and take it into our memories and into our hearts and tell the enemy, don't bury me because I'm still alive. 
Hallelujah. Come on, these altars are open. Come on, let's flood these altars. Altar workers, I need you up here. There's people who need the Holy Ghost. There was a family here that got touched. They need to get touched by God again. Come on, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.